0: Oh my God, I just, yeah, today's been one hell of a long, long day. I just got home, I haven't even gotten in the shower yet, it's dark already, I got an outside shower, so. (laughs) How did I get involved in snowboarding, is that what you're asking, what you want me to tell you, or are you going to tell me how I did it? (laughs) Okay, you ask me a question, let me answer it. (laughs)
1: This is Fucking Rad Snowboarding Podcast, I'm Shred Jesus, and this is Episode 3. It's dumping right now, and I had one of the best days of my life at Baker two days ago. Waist deep, untracked. You're going to love this week's episode with snowboarding legend Chuck Barfoot. Well, the deal is, is Tom and
0: I met back in Jersey in the late 60s. My hometown, Surf Break. You know, we are both surfers. Tom was from Haddonfield, I was from... Uh, Beach Haven, New Jersey. And uh, we met in the summer and became friends. I was running my friend's surf shop. And anyway, we got to be good friends. And then in 1969, uh, Tom came out to Santa Barbara. And he was going to City College. And then I was going, uh, I was still in high school. I, uh, he's a year ahead of me. And the next summer, I ended up going to... to to uh, my community college so I didn't know where I was going to I thought I was going to be a physical education teacher and a wrestling coach. And the coach was a real asshole. I ended up living in a commune up in, in Santa Barbara. I just, I quit school and went to Santa Barbara from Vietnam. It was fucking gnarly. And then, uh, so anyway, Tom and myself and my friend Raisin and my friend Clint, we all lived in this commune up on Mountain Drive in 1970. You know, we surfed together and skated together, and did all kinds of stuff. And then in 1972, uh, Tom and I were living in a little one-room, or a little one-room adobe hut with an outside kitchen and an outhouse. It was awesome. Just totally living the hippie style. And we started sim Skateboards. And since I did carpentry, I was hand rallying. This was before kicktails, before sealed bearings, before all that stuff. We were doing the boards out of solid oak and solid uh, ash. And then we ended up coming up with the, the wedge kicktails, which was like a wedge glued onto the board. And then later on, we came up with the presses. But anyway, I was working for Tom, and then he went down to LA. is where he really got his company going. And I was like, no fucking way was I going to LA. But he always wanted to come back to Santa Barbara, and as soon as he came back, 1974, 75, somewhere in there, I went right back to work for him, was doing all of his uh, R&D, you know, I was designing all the skateboards for like Brad Bowman, and all the top world riders, Andrecht, and Greg Ayers, and Lamar, and all, that's what I did, I designed all, I was the guy in the workshop, and Tom would talk to me about different designs and stuff like that, and then I'd go and I'd create them, and that was our deal, but. You know, we surfed and we you know made skates together. And in 1977, he wanted to get involved back into uh, snowboarding, and he involved himself with Bob Weber with the yellow plastic Sims board, which was actually this yellow plastic was called ski board that Bob Weber had made. With skateboard decks on it, but they were pieces of shit. You know, they would the, the noses would buckle. Um, they came with black grip tape, which just packed snow instantly. Um, they had uh, sky hooks on them, so. You know, you might have one snowboard between four or five guys that wanted to ride. And if you're goofy foot and one guy was regular foot, somebody was out of luck. You know, you couldn't ride it. So my involvement getting started in snowboarding was definitely because of Tom. He came to me and he goes, grip tape sucks. Get it the fuck off there, you know. So we we used this clear grip tape with silicon spray, which worked way better, but it still wasn't the true answer. But that was my first dealings with any snowboards whatsoever. So then, I also I got rid of the sky hooks So I put the rubber strap down the center of the board, and that way, goofy foot and regular foot could share the board. And then by doing that, putting that bolt and uh, the, the bolts that held the, the rubber strap were on the nose and tail. Tom actually went and bought for his board and a couple of his friends' boards that were the noses were buckling, went and bought some used uh, snow skis and bolted them on between the plastic and underneath the uh, skateboard deck which was a perfect spot for it, and the bolts just hooked it right up, and then that kept his nose from buckling. That was my first involvement with snowboarding, and I, you know, I didn't snowboard. I really couldn't give a shit less. And then that next summer would have been the summer of 78. Tom came to me and said, hey, you know, I want you to build me this. He showed me this little drawing. It was about a four-foot-long uh, I think it was like 11 inch wide. Looked like a little mini surfboard swallowtail with a rounded nose, like a bullet. It was like a, you know, uh, a glorified basically uh, snurfer. So I started building that. I built a fiber, you know, I built a mold for it, and I I built a V bottom with double concaves in it. Did it all in black and gel coat, and then started put a fiberglass rib in it and halfway through it I'm looking at this thing and I'm like I, I go Tom I go this thing sucks I could make something way better than this so that, he just says to me he goes well just do whatever you want so I made a drawing up which I actually have the drawing and it was like putting two skis together so you had camber with a little bit of tail kick and a nose kick and take them and feel them you would have you know if you looked at the bottom it would be a a camber with a bead camber you know with a nose kick tail kick so I went to the Radden boat yard in Santa Barbara to figure out how I could make molds to make the nose and tail lift and all the cambers and how I could create all that stuff. And they kind of showed me how they were doing boats. So I ended up making a, uh, a wooden frame with foam and then glassed it and put in a gel coat, or not in a gel coat, the mold release on it, and then just build it up like a fin, just solid fiberglass, you know, 10-ounce layers. You know, I did like 15 layers of 10-ounce. Yeah, I mean, it was a beast, you know, but the thing was, when I popped it off the mold, it had all the contours, so I had this big rectangle with a V-bottom with camber, so I ended up cutting out my shape, which had like a, a pointier nose, and then it had a whole lot of side cuck and tuck and swallowtails, and that was my very first board, so I hadn't even snowboarded yet, and I designed a board in my head that I thought would work, built the board, and then Bob Weber came into town, and uh, just before Christmas, drove out all the way to Entry 3 between Alta and Snowbird in Utah. And I had still never had put my foot on a snowboard yet, but I had a board that I had built. So his girlfriend drove us up to the top of the switchbacks, and him and I got out. It was about 18 inches of wet snow and strapped my board on and went, came all the way down the hill, toe and heel turns. I even got pictures of my very first toe and heel turns all the way down the mountain, came up to the you know came to the next switchback and just, I was hooked. I was all over. I mean, it you know made it, yeah, made it from top to bottom. The board worked great. It was just like surfing on snow, which is what exactly what I was trying to do, and I was fucking hooked. So Christmas Day, nineteen seventy eight, I was just you'll see pictures of me holding my board up with my big Sims red, white, and blue shirt on and my massive beard and this monster of a board. You know that was my very first snowboard, my very first time riding, and it worked great. So I just went back. And started from that point on, just made a better board each time. You know, so I've got like this amazing collection of fiberglass one of a kind, you know, prototypes that all work. You know, with cambers and channels. And, I mean, I got a, I've got the holy grail of snowboard collection. You know, there's only a few of them that got a, got away from me that were the one of a kind. I mean, I've got 25 one of a kind. I mean, those boards are priceless. Oh, no, no, no. Ken got involved with me about, I think, in the uh, summer of 82. Um, he well, he had been doing The Endless Winter. He was actually riding Tom's boards down in Australia, so he was in Canada for the winter, went down to Australia, and uh, came, when he came back, he stopped by my place, and we met, and he instantly switched right over to me, and became the guy who got me all my team riders, and I mean, it was just like Ken was a dream come true for me. It was just like, you know, he'd come down, me and his crazy self show up and just load his van up with boards and then drive back to Canada. Schwarty, <laughs> uh, Doug Lundgren, Giano Pandegreff, Alex Warburton, John, uh, John Boyer, Don Smith. You know, Evan was my rider before. Yeah, Evan and I met. In the summer of '82, and uh, back in New Jersey, and him and him and Bob Boyle, I was like going surfing, and I see this little Honda with a freaking Burton sticker in the back of a Burton Back Hill, and I'm like, cool. So I left a big note on their door, just said, "Hey, I'm, uh, I'm Chuck Barford. I make snowboards. Blah blah blah. I'm back here, you know, for the summer. And I live down in Beach Haven. Here's my number. Call me." And then they came down to my house, and we hooked up. And then that winter, they came out to California, worked with me in the factory for a little bit, and then they, we got him a place up in Tahoe, and then they, you know, were hanging out with all the Sims guys and uh, the Burton guys, you know, with Bob Klein and Terry Kidwell and all the guys from the very beginning, Chantry, all those guys. Well, Tom and I were best friends from the from the 60s all the way up until 19, about 1981 is when things got weird between us, and that was not because of me. I never planned on starting my own company. I thought I was going to be Sims' right arm for the rest of my life. I was fine with that. Absolutely incredible, incredible person to be around. And him and I, I mean, just like, we were so close. You know, I mean, surf, always surfed together, fucking always skated together. I mean, it was just like we fished together. I mean, it was just, you know, he was, like, he was like, he was my best friend. Yeah. What happened was, is I think Tom ended up hanging out with a a bunch of like really rich people which changed his whole attitude. You know, he went from driving around in his little Volvo bare feet and him and I skating and fishing and meeting chicks and stuff together to like hanging out with people with BMWs and Porsches and all these people that like, now that he was getting popular, you know, these are like rich Montecito people and they're like, oh, Tom Sims, you know, and all of a sudden Tom Sims is not Tom Sims anymore and then his business was really kicking ass. So, he would, he would, you know, he'd be in the middle of a meeting and then he would he would come running down to the R&D, my little spot in the back, you know, where I have all my tools and shit. He'd come down and I'd jump. Go get the boat ready, right? i <laughs> be like, got it. So he'd go back up in the office, you know, and everybody thinks he's, like, going to be there for a while, right? And I'd take off. I'd put the, I'd hook the boat up, take it down to Santa Barbara Harbor, drop it in, fuel it up, get bait, have the thing run, and, and he'd come flying, he'd, like, he'd, he'd, like, split one of those meetings and just take off, and he'd come down there, and his BMW would come running down the dock, right, and just jump in the boat, and fucking, we'd go off, and we'd go off to Sandbass City and go fishing. He would ask me all these business questions that I couldn't give a flying fuck about, but I would give him, he knew I'd give him an honest answer, because so that's just the way I've always been. It's like, I will not, I will not bullshit someone, you know, it's like, red's red black black white's white you try to get anything else it's like don't stay in front of me because i'm gonna call you on it you know? you know and it was really fun i mean he'd ask me these things and i would just kind of say well that sounds like a good idea that sounds like a fucking stupid idea <laughs> you know and whether he used them or not it was i i was the guy that he bounced stuff off of because he knew he'd get a straight answer So later on, like, you know, all of a sudden he's like fucking hanging out, like I said, with all these rich assholes. And they're there. I mean, I can see it because I'm like his best friend. And I'm like, I can see what they're there for. They're there for what they can get from being associated with. No other reason. They're not there to help his company. They're not there to be his real friend. They're there just to take. So, I mean, I could see this shit, and I was just like, it made me sick in my stomach, but I was like, whatever, you know? It's like, that's who you got his fucking deal with. That's your problem. Thank God I don't have to do that. So anyway, this, this, in the course of the summer, Tom goes to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, go get the boat ready, right? And I'm like, so, I get the fucking boat, I take the boat down and get it all ready. I'm all ready to go fishing, right? And he comes down there, like, with this fucking rich asshole from Montecito and these two fucking hot chicks, and goes, hey, thanks, we'll see you later. I'm like what? You know? So I was pissed, right? So he fucking comes back in, and they've been drinking beers, and they're having a good old time, blah, 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 blah. Calls me up and says, hey, I need you to come down and pick up the boat and fucking clean it. And I said, you know what? You go fucking clean your own fucking boat, dude. Tom had a really bad problem with uh, not being able to, sh- able, able to share any limelight whatsoever. It was, it was just like, there were stories written about, you know, uh, you know Sims and blah, 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 blah uh, from the skateboard industry and stuff like that. And, and it was like, and Tom had written in there, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, and Uncle Chucky or Bilbo Baggins, which he nicknamed me, right? But he would never mention the name Chuck Barfoot. He never said my name. That's one of the reasons I've done so shitty in business, because I fucking always trust everybody. It's like I've been fucked over a few times. So, I mean, it was just, I'm still nice to people, um, because that, that's just the way I am. But I've realized that, you know, in business, it's like, it's, now it's the way it was when we first started. It's me and Arie Lost again, and it's absolutely fucking wonderful. But, you know, there's no arguments, There's no weird shit. It's like, we both, we both have the same work ethic. The original Twin Tip was designed by Ken and Neil DeFern and... Evan had a little something to do with it. They pressed those boards up in Calgary. It was the very first true conventional bottom double-ended board. Now, the very first double-ended board was the Prop Snowboard. Oh, yeah. Well, Prop was made by a fellow by the name of Matt Donovan and uh, up in Tahoe. But the thing looked like an airplane propeller. In fact, Ken and I saw them at the first world and... Um, you know, he, it was it was funny. He comes up, Ken and I are sitting there talking, and he's just being nice as pie, and he's talking, and he's all excited about the snowboard he designed and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, do you have one here? And he's like, yeah. So he goes, here, come on, check it out. So we walked outside, and the, I see this board, and I almost started laughing because it was so fucking weird looking, right? But I didn't want to bum him out because he was such a nice guy. And Ken and I are like, Wait, what the fuck is this thing? It looked like an airplane propeller and it was kind of designed but it had, you know it was the same on both ends and nobody at that time rode faky, okay everybody rode strictly strictly directional no one rode b- backwards he walks up the hill a little ways comes starts coming down he was goofy foot comes down you know regular reg, you know goofy foot switches fucking stance does a 180 and switches stance does a couple of turns switches it back around to his normal stance switch I, i'm like I've never seen anything like that before in my life. I was like, what the fuck? So I'm like, he goes, you want to try it? And I'm like, yeah. And I swear to God, dude, I could not ride that thing six inches. It was sort of like if you put trucks on a skateboard backwards and you had to lean the opposite way to turn, right? It was the weirdest fucking thing. I tried it for about five minutes, and I couldn't go six inches without falling flat on my head. I'm like, how the fuck do you ride this? And he ripped on it, right? But it was like it was like it had to be like this kind of genius weird personality to be able to ride one, and there was one other guy. This guy Vince rode one. For, it was on his team, and he ripped shit on it too. But anyway, that was the first. That was the very first double double-edged snowboard. But it was like it was a piece of plastic. It was not a conventional board. Now Ken and Neil did a conventional bottom with a light camber under your feet. And an early rise in the nose, and an elongated nose and tail, which were almost almost similar. That was the very first twin tip, true twin tip. And then then we of course went and moved on from that one. There were only a few of those made. I happen to have one, but it's in the Vale museum. Ken doesn't even have one. He's so bummed. He says, "Fuck! I don't even have one." There may have been ten made. Yeah. And I've got one of them. In fact, I've got the one I think that was on the cover of the very first Transworld Snowboard Magazine with Dave Achenbach flying up in the air. Well, the surf, we were the ones that started the whole thing. There were no skaters involved in snowboarding whatsoever in the beginning. It was strictly surfing on snow. And if you look at the boards, you can tell the design. Now, once we were allowed to ride hardback in 1983, then that was when building boards were a double end which now brought in skaters. And when the skaters came in, there was a big difference in the way that the styles went. I mean, see, I, st- I still love watching guys ride surf style, you know, powder run and stuff like that. I mean, I enjoy watching the guys ride the park, but I'm no fucking way I want to do that shit. That's not snowboarding. But that's what 95% of the world is doing now. <laughs> I always mention Dimitri because it was all... In fact, it was really funny. Tom and I used to... <laughs> After Tom and I separated, or went our separate ways, we butted heads for a few years. I always tell it exactly the way it was. I remember most stuff like it was fucking yesterday, you know. And I was, Tom would be telling a story about when something started, you know, when he started to take it off and it would be a certain set of dates. And then two years later, he, they would, that same kind of an article would come out, and like all of a sudden it got earlier. And then the next, the next article came out; it was earlier. I'm like, and it was so funny because there were certain things he wouldn't say in front of me because he knew I would just go, "Dude, you're lying," <laughs> you know? and it wasn't. I was just because I hated. I hate John said something to me that stuck in my head forever and this is when we were fully together. He goes, If you get it written in the magazine, it is you know, basically it's the law. So you can write whatever the fuck you want and people read it and they go, Oh, I read it. It has to be true. (laughs) Like, like, God damn it, you guys weren't even born then. How the fuck do you know to do this? If it's written, it's the law, and I'm like, oh my god, you're right. I've been around the world a couple of times with this whole thing. and you know, tried to butt heads with the big boys. It doesn't work for me. I'm not a big business guy. You know, I do it for the reasons that it puts a smile on my face, and I get to go ride with a couple of friends. You know, that is exactly the reason I do it. And the deal is, is I don't need to be a millionaire. I mean, I live in a little fucking shitty-ass trailer, you know, but it's one of the coolest places you can ever see. I just want to make my living making boards. That's it. That's all I've ever done, you know? Things were so slow three months ago that I was ready just to Quit and everything. I was like, I give up. Well, my my favorite trips ever were going up with Ken back in the old days, and we're going off and just shredding powder. In fact, you ever see that powder shot of me where I'm just I got the yellow jacket on and I'm just laying out a big powder turn? Yeah, that's like my best shot of me ever. That was on that was on one of my favorite trips with Ken. And then I'll tell you some other stuff was really fun was just being up in Tahoe like in 1982, 83 with Bob Boyle and Evan Feen. And, I mean, I've got film footage of that. Well, my friend was shooting a 16-millimeter Bolex, and we're riding rubber straps. We made our own snowboard park, and we're like, like if I send you the footage, you'll see we're like, he's, Evan and Bob are doing, like, hand plants and stuff off these little, little quarter pipes and shit that we made on the side of a mountain that we had to hike up to ride down. You know, those 82, 83, there were still parks. The sports got so big, I can do direct sales where you make more money. Once you buy a board for me, you automatically get, like, 100 bucks off for the rest of your life. And the people who support me, they're like family. Designing this new hybrid for me was just absolutely, it just had me gaga. It was like I was in the old days. It was like I took my... I took an older outline from back in the day and made it clean, just did computerized lines, and just made everything so they flowed perfectly. Put just a tiny little bit of camber under your feet, and a really elongated early rise going up into the nose so that the board will be faster than shit. And you're way in the backseat, and then also there's a little early rise before the swallowtail. So if you're riding hardpack, you can actually turn the board fakie and ride on hardpack, I mean, the, 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 these things are going to be so much fun to ride powder. And I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm jonesing. The thing, the good thing that's come from it all. is like, you know, Ernie and I, have, like I said, we've been through it all. Now it's like we realize there's two people that will never fuck Barfoot. <laughs> one me, one Ernie. We're going to be okay you know and that's all that matters. You know, it it has been you know, it's it's funny because it's been a hard 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 long run. But the only reason, you know, that I do what I do is because I absolutely love it. So it's like it doesn't matter how hard it is. You know, it's like I mean <laughs> this is what I'm going to do no matter fucking what. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, until I finally, you know, I'm not breathing anymore. and I mean, I'm getting up there now. I mean, I'm 64 years old, for Christ's sake. You know, so it's like, yikes. <laughs> All right, Captain. Well, I'm going to rock and roll. Perfect. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Fucking rad shout-outs this week to David Kristoff from North Vancouver. He correctly identified most people from our preseason teaser. Congrats, Dave. You've won a beer cuda, courtesy of Burton, Canada. Thanks for all your patience as we figure out iTunes. We're trying to get approved, and I think we're almost there. Chuck mentions his favorite picture of himself, snowboarding. I'm going to use that for the episode. I'm also going to post mine on our Facebook page, and we invite you to post yours. That'd be fun.
0: Well, snowboarding was definitely, by that by, by 1983, a few of the smaller mountains started to open up to let us use the... Uh... Chairlifts and stuff. Once that started to happen, that's when the that's when the sport really started to take take off. But before that, I mean, we were hiking and you know using the snowmobiles, and you know, I mean, there was no there was no chairlifts. It was all surfing powder.
1: Music in this episode by Captain Beefheart. A little no effects and aversion was in there. Jane's Addiction and Mikey LeBlanc and Russell Winfield are playing in the background of the credits.
0: I mean, it was just i was like, all of a sudden I was realizing, you know, the kind of shit that was going on. I was like, wow, dude, you are so out of line, it's not even funny. But he didn't even see it, you know, he didn't see it. I mean, he was like in his little world.
1: Tom Sims passed away in 2012, and our heartfelt condolences go out to his entire family. Chuck and Tom rekindled their friendship just a few years after their separation and remain friends until Tom's death. Rest in peace, Tom. We're so stoked that so many people are listening to this. <laughs> Seriously, thanks, you guys. We hope your home resort's getting dumped on, and you're having as much fun shredding the season as we are. Come back next week for another episode of fucking rad snowboarding podcast.